Today's guest is a pretty awesome person who's looking to make an impact in her lifetime alongside family and friends. She lives in Sacramento, but grew up in the Bay Area. She works with high school students on a fundraising campaign called Students of the Year, which benefits the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. But at her core, she's a fun individual who enjoys helping others. Ladies and gentlemen, Erica Brown. Erica, how's it going today? Good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. This is a Friday we're recording, so Fridays are always good. And they're somehow better than every other day of the week for some <laughs> in some people's minds. For some reason, Fridays are awesome, right? Yeah. I think every day should be Friday in your mind. But anyway, where are you calling in from today? I am calling in from actually more, I guess, specifically like my living room in <laughs> Sacramento, California, because I have the day off. So it's Oh, awesome. Nice. Oh, yeah. especially Good Friday then. Yes. Wonderful. How was holidays? Holidays were great. I was mostly in the Bay Area with my family, and then we came back up and drove out to Auburn to spend time with Rodney's dad. So it was oh, really oh. great. Like seven, no, 20, 48 hours of just driving all around <laughs> the Northern California area in a way. Yeah, definitely. And um, Bay Area where uh, whereabouts? Because that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. So my Lola, which is grandma in Tagalog or the language of the Philippines, is in San Leandro. And then uh, my dad is in Danville. And then my grandparent, my grandma and my aunt are in Concord. So yeah, I drove all around. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of uh, Bay Area travel time. Uh, yeah. You grew up and you grew up there. Which which of those several cities you mentioned in the Bay yeah. did you grow up in? I grew up in Danville. Super awesome little town of Danville. We always called it the bubble growing up because it was just such a different area than most of the world, really. So really grew up in a very nice community with some amazing parents who really gave me, I think, all the skills and confidence to go to college, but just not much bad happened. Nothing crazy was going on. And so moving to Sacramento for college, going to Sacramento State was kind of a culture shock, but in a very healthy and good way, because it just really opened my eyes to a different world than the bubble I was growing up in. And also having gone to the Philippines growing up too, more of a third world country, I think really gave me more of a humble personality than most people I kind of know from mm -hmm. that area. Not everyone is bad, but some people, they're not very humble about where they come from and they sometimes just continue to maybe take advantage. I don't know if that's the right word, but of the lifestyle they have instead of wanting to pay it forward and help others. So I'm grateful right. for for growing up in a, in a town like that because that's kind of led me to who I am today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can relate. At least I grew up in Pleasanton. It's we bubble, very bubble town as well. Pleasantville was a uh, nickname because nothing ever bad happened. I never and, heard of Pleasantville as a oh, okay. nickname. <laughs> well, maybe that was just us then. But yeah, it was uh, like very, very similar to what you were mentioning. So when I moved to Sacramento State too for college, it was a very similar experience. So I'm glad that you aren't. I would say uh, 
as stuck up and privileged, uh, a little more aggressive than the word humble you're using, as some people are still. Because they're like, oh, my parents made it. So that means I made it. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't have shit. So you just have different opportunities and different benefits. and yeah. But they can't control that. So, well, they can control how they react to like their parents wealth but anyway before you moved to college did, did, or even in college did you like do any sports or activities or extracurricular stuff besides oh. being an awesome student oh yes my first job was at a coffee shop called bittersweet so that was really cool experience just to be in like the service industry and learning how to work with a group of people. And then obviously kind of did other things when I went to Sac State in terms of a job. Worked at Sac State actually starting my freshman year through college, which was just a really nice way to not have to like travel anywhere to go to work. So it really mm-hmm. helped to save time and allow for other things to happen. But between high school and college, I really did like so many things like I am still doing today. So in high school, more so like sock recreational soccer, track and field, was doing the photography club at my high school and involved in California Scholarship Federation or found whatever CSF stands for and did a lot of like service oriented type of clubs like Key Club. So was always very active and always in some sort of leadership role, I feel like. I just feel that I've always been a leader, just not always a very confident leader, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or maybe my leadership position gave me kind of that like confidence to want to be able to help others in that same group. But outside of that, I was not as confident because I didn't really have some sort of like a title maybe per se. So it was different outside of those leadership roles. And then going to Sacramento State, I just really continued what I did. I did the recreational soccer leagues indoor and outdoor at Sac State before they brought in the really cool like actual sports clubs that they now have, which I wish was there when I was there. (laughs) Was very involved in public relations, Student Society of America, PRSSA, when I switched from photography to communications and PR as my major. Got involved with women in business as well, just to diversify the people I was meeting. So it wasn't just, you know, PR um, type of people and communications. It was other type of business leaders as well. And then eventually joined um, my sorority, Alpha Chi Omega, which really was such an amazing experience. I I totally wish I did Greek life a lot sooner just because it teaches you so many different skills because you're in more of a not like a controlled environment, but you have a system in place per se that really helps you to climb the ladder or learn new skills when you probably wouldn't go out of the way yourself to do it because you're in college and you just want to have fun and party and do all of the college things. But having more of that, I think, structure junior, senior year just really added to what I've had already, I guess, grown in and learned about. It was just would have been a different experience to do it from, I guess, freshman to senior year. Um, And then was also involved in student government, Associate Students Incorporated, ASI at Sac State too. So was the director of arts and letters for my college and then executive vice president, which is where 
the ASI Food Pantry kind of came about that senior year, which is what I think will be my long lasting impact with students at my alma mater. So that's something that one day I hope I can invest more in and maybe have it be named after me. <laughs> I don't wow, know. Yeah. But yeah. That'd be awesome. kind of one of, yeah. One of those long term goals is to one day come back and be able to, I don't know, do an endowment of some sort and just have that legacy aspect um, forever, I guess. So yeah, I totally. just feel like I've done so many different types of things, but reflecting back, I've, I've just always been a leader, but never always like the most confident type of leader, but have always known the path of like where I wanted to go. It's very interesting kind of to reflect on just those, those what, eight years between high school and college. Yeah, most definitely. So uh, first of all, like you've done a lot of stuff, like you just said, like you just rattled off a lot of things and uh, that a lot of people don't do many of that things in that short of time. So I just want to commend you for that. So I think two things I want to go back and touch on. The first thing being joining your sorority earlier. I, it's pretty interesting you brought that up because you said you're saying it gave you the opportunity to one, learn skills and two, implement and grow these skills or in this the setting. Would two years more in a sorority change where you are and what you're doing today? Or is it kind of hard to say? I don't know if it would have changed what I'm doing today, I think it would have just helped me to know more about how the sorority volunteer side of it all works and the foundation of it, which is the nonprofit side that is able to give out the grants and scholarships and that type of stuff. Mm. So it just would have given me more, I guess, knowledge on how a nonprofit type of organization works because it's just funny that now I work for a nonprofit and I just comparing what Alpha Chi Omega does and what Leukemia Lymphoma Society does and just how they thank their volunteers is such a that's a that's been a huge thing to me is that you can't really thank people enough for anything, whether it is volunteering or helping or just like someone going out of your way. I just have learned a lot about how to tell or give thanks to people that aren't just like a Facebook post or a social media post or liking a comment. <laughs> um, I just, there's, there's so many different ways that you can, you know, thank people for the work that they've done. And that only helps other people to want to continue their own personal volunteer growth, I guess. Or also I feel like, I wouldn't be where I am today without some of those people be almost also becoming like mentors or good friends that are wanting to elevate you to a new, you know, role or a new opportunity. Cause sometimes I was, I never would believe in myself to want to be like president of my sorority, mm -hmm. but people would say, oh my gosh, you, you've done, you know, X, Y, Z, you totally have what it takes. And I just like the camaraderie aspect of, my sorority and I just never had a chance to become president of my collegiate chapter. So becoming president of my alumni chapter has been a huge learning curve because I didn't really go to what we call leadership academy while I was a collegiate. I never really understood all the, you know, fine details about how our organization works. And those are just some of the qualities I think as a one of the bigger leaders or a president or a vice president, it just makes the overall success of your team 
a lot better when you have that knowledge of just those success principles or best practices or just those annual things that happen over and over and over again that you know you can plan for in advance. So it just really helps you to set your team up for success. But I just think I would have met more people in Greek life and would have been more involved in a different level nationally for sorority, which is, was always a goal when I got involved in anything is to continue just moving up to different positions and roles because they all teach you different things. So I was the vice president of public relations and marketing surprise for my chapter for a year and did Greek week chair. So like event planning per se, website chair, too. So it just helped me to grow in my particular field of study too, which was the really cool part and just learning how to brand your local chapter, but stay consistent with the national mm-hmm. organization values and that type of stuff was also a pretty big learning curve because as students, you're just kind of like, whatever, it's college, like this is for fun. And then you kind of realize later down the line, like, oh, like all those pictures I should have probably not posted, or maybe we shouldn't brand our chapter to look this way. So it just really teaches you some life skills that at first you think are super dumb, but then you kind of realize like it's bigger than yourself and you have to kind of get over what you think and just go with what other people are hopefully teaching you as like those best practices and best ways to present yourself because in the end that's it's going to be important with how social media and communications and everything is affecting our lives these days so yeah yeah certainly i want to touch on you mentioned you want to continue to keep growing and like advancing taking the next step and you didn't get to do that at a collegiate level or like a national level within um your uh, sorority at a collegiate level, right? But you did, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you're at a national level with PRSSA. I was at a national level with PRSSA, yes. Yeah. So, so, I, so you still got that a little bit of experience and you got to advance forward. So was that before or after you joined the sorority? Uh, it was before and during. Because before and it, during. Yeah, because I was the co-coordinator of the 2012 national conference in San Francisco. And then that next year or that same, no, yeah. 2012 was when I did go Greek, which Mm. is a new term instead of rush. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I always have to try to use the new terminology, not the old Mm -hmm. terminology. So it was basically the same time that the conference was going on was the same time I had just joined the sorority. So it was a lot of new stuff going on, but a lot of really great things too, because there were some sisters that were also involved in PRSSA, which was really cool to be able to bond with them that way. So Certainly. I, I liked how you sought out positions within your organization to apply the skills you're learning in the classroom and to keep growing and like, you know, applying it rather than just Oh, I took the class. I know how to do this. Mr. or Mrs. Employer person, hire me. It's like, no, like I have this volunteer, this uh, organization experience, and you're working throughout college. So you had, it seemed like you had all the tools in the tool belt to be successful after graduating. So after college and after graduation, what was your path? What was your journey? What was the next step? I thought I was going to work in a communications PR agency and have lots of different clients and do a lot of cool stuff. 
And that is not how it went. <laughs> so I didn't have any chances to do actual internships while in college because I was so involved on campus. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really necessarily, uh, fortunately, need like a second or third job to have to fund my college because I was very grateful to have some pretty awesome parents, like I said before. So that's why I took advantage of that time that not everyone else would have to be able to grow and learn and develop new people or leaders, I guess. Uh, So I started at a agency out in Roseville was cool for the first, you know, three months. You're like, yeah, I got first job honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I really did not like it at this agency. And my mom who works in HR tried to get me to stay for a year just because as a new person and all of that type of stuff, having to answer the question of like, oh, you haven't like, why are you leaving or whatever? She was just trying to help me. But I was so miserable because no one really, there was just no team camaraderie and the culture there was just not what I was used to in my sorority or in student government or in these other basically not-for-profit or non-profit type organizations reflecting back or those type of groups I was always volunteering for. So I eventually made a mistake on some business cards that got printed for a client and also admitted that I did not like it there. <laughs> so the combo of those two things allowed me to be let go which sucked to have to like pack up while everyone is literally still working and not talk to anyone because you're not friends with really anyone there. And it was just the worst experience ever and struggled for another year still to find that stable job, did some other unpaid internships to stay busy, did get another role with a small startup agency, literally me, my boss, my supervisor, and an outside art team. And then that did not work out once we lost one of our biggest clients. Mm -hmm. So I was really frustrated because I thought I had done all the things that people tell you to do in college. So I expected and I assumed, unfortunately, that I was set up for success and I was just going to skyrocket because I followed this checklist of things, which is really not how life works. (laughs) Even (laughs) if you follow and do what everyone else says, it doesn't always mean that you're going to land with where everyone else is going. And I think what I also struggled with was not trying to compare myself to where other people were at. Cause I knew that later in life, more so like now that we're all are on our own life paths and there isn't any cookie cutter or one way to success. Like it's just like this really big, if you could see me, you it's like, woo. <laughs> Erica's waving uh, her hands yeah. around furiously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, there multiple different paths. There's yeah. it's, it's so hard not to compare yourself too, because like, oh, these are the friends or my colleagues in college that I graduate at the same time with. They're already an ex- account executive or a senior person, and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm just over here. And then there's there's at the same time, which I don't keep track of all the time, and you don't, and other people. Like there's people below you, and, and air quotes below you thinking the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, look where where Erica's at. It's just like, or look where Matt's at. It's just like, no, it's like it's all relative, and it's there's no right path. There's no, yeah. yeah. I I just think that I never gave up 
Like, even though it sucked to have to do interview after interview, it sucked to have to, I tailor every single resume and cover letter. So like, I don't have like one standard template. So it takes a lot of time. It's like another job to apply for jobs, (laughs) but just having patience and knowing that if something doesn't work out, it's okay. It's probably for the best and it wasn't meant to be and taking any failures or, you know, things that don't go the way you want it to as an opportunity to grow and learn from that is now how I really am more so viewing things rather than like, God, I sucked. Like, man, I I just suck. Like instead of criticizing myself, picking myself up and just learning from that experience and moving on has helped me to just be a more confident person and want me to just continue to pursue whatever those dreams, goals, and aspirations may be. Because I truly believe that if you set your your eyes or your mind on something, and as long as you don't give up, you will reach it. It may take more time than you want it to, but as long as you're you know moving forward in that direction every single day, just even by 1%, even in 365 days, you're 365% a different person. That's that's a much bigger win than just being comfortable and stagnant and not really wanting to move and improve because of XYZ reasons or excuses. And I know everyone kind of comes from different walks of life and backgrounds and families, but there are people that can overcome and achieve and those are the people that I totally look up to because I, I don't I don't have that type of lifestyle that growing up I lived in that bubble. Like I didn't I did not come from anything like that. So I have no excuse to use anything as any reason to not continue to move forward. But if I can try to help other people see that within themselves too. That, that's really kind of like my one of my bigger goals is just how can I then help people who are having to work through something first, I guess, before being able to continue to that bigger goal and dream. Sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. So patience, resiliency, not giving up, keep working, all, all great things and not comparing yourself to other people as you're going on your journey because it's your journey. It's not their yep. journey. Yep. It's all different. It's you're all different paths and fo- um, backgrounds. It's really interesting how I'm going to try to connect the dots here. So earlier you're talking about you're always in leadership roles throughout different teams and organizations and jobs you had. As you continue to get older, now you've, uh, you've, you and I talked more recently, you're more confident uh, in yourself and, and to be able to be confident in a leader, not just at work and in those things, but also in your own life. So how did it take from being like, how did you connect and bridge that gap that was previously there between being a leader at work and then being a leader in in control of your own life? So many things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So many many things. things. So Um, yeah, let's, let's start small. So like, like you're saying, so what was like the first step? Was it like a resource? Was it a podcast you listened to? Was it a conversation you had? Do you remember like an exact moment or was it kind of just over time something you observed in yourself? I think it's the people I started surrounding myself with, not just mm-hmm. me, but my boyfriend and I, since we've been dating for five years now. So mm-hmm. 
you know, that the conversation of when are you getting married and having kids, blah, blah, blah. It's starting <laughs> to come up. And I mean, yes, those are things that we, you know, kind of talk about. We don't really seriously talk about it yet because it's not the right time. But just the, the people that we've started to surround ourselves with are much more long-term visionaries rather than like pleasure seeking short-term type goal people really having that like long-term goal of well my boyfriend and I Rodney and I we we would love to pay like all cash for a wedding we don't want to finance a wedding and that type of stuff like if there's just you know any way that we can you know work together to save money and cut out things here and there like I think people's finances are, are, are a huge component of anyone's success. And if you're not really like doing a budget or don't even know your own budget or your own bills and, you know, all those little minor details, um, mm-hmm. you know, finances are, are unfortunately a, a huge component in any relationship, personal or with other people. And to to stick to one is, is hard for us yeah. to have this world around us that's like yolo you know do what you want like have fun now and treat yourself treat yourself like i totally get it like i i i I get it we all have one life to live but also you have one life to live like Mm -hmm. wouldn't you want to kind of use this time and energy that you have now to make the rest of your life more fun rather than like the short term part of it where you don't really have kids like what about having fun with your children in the future and that type of stuff so it's a little bit of a deep conversation but I mean uh, we're 20 27 right now and it's I mean time has flown by so fast (laughs) (laughs) and I just I I don't want to regret in 30 40 50 60 years that I didn't really that we didn't really set ourselves up for that type of financial success so we just got around people and we have friends more so that all are starting to have very similar mindsets not because we told them or we just all are the people around are all the the right people we need to be around. Your association is huge. And if you're trying to move in a particular direction and you have all these other friends that are just the YOLO group, it's it's like not gonna, you're not gonna move that way because you're always Mm -hmm. gonna kind of drift back around. So it's really cool to see our other friends wanting to move forward in their life too. And it's all just all natural. And, you know, I can't really say for them, you know, what's been their turning point. But our turning point was, you know, just getting around new people that are like, wow. I'm like, wow, there are people that care about long-term visions rather than the short-term type goals. So it's definitely just been because of the people that we try to focus on spending our time with more. Obviously, our relationship is number one and our immediate family and that type of stuff. But for the most part, our decisions are our decisions because no one else is going to pay our bills. So if we want to, you know, go a certain way, that's the way we're going to go, even if people don't think or, you know, don't agree with it, unless you want to pay those bills, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to do what we got to do. And And it's also the books I've been reading, too, have been very impactful in terms of the whole mindset of it all, because I don't think I... I know I didn't grow up with a budget and that type of stuff. Like my, my parents were really amazing and I have to learn how to 
be on a budget now. And that's something that should be taught like in like high school and stuff. So all these like life skills that we should have already by now, we don't. And it just opens up your, your mind so much more when you, when you see more of the bigger picture than the short term little painting, I guess. (laughs) So I think, uh, reframing that question was uh, good because you opened, you opened up a little bit and you, I thought about a little different way. And so to uh, clarify and summarize, like your relationship with yourself and the people around you was huge. Mm-hmm. That was a big turning point. And then uh, what I gathered is your relationship with money and your finances and not like hiding from it or ignoring it, but just confronting it. And this is where I'm at now. This is where I want to be. Here are the steps and actions and potentially sacrifices that you have to take in order to get to those longer term goals. So it's, yeah. it's going out less, it's eating out less, it's less fun, short bursts of goodness and dopamine, but like the more fulfillment and long-term planning and sacrifice leads to that success later on. Yep. So that's awesome that that's something I haven't talked about with too many people on the show yet of like finances and money being like so important. And it is. And some people didn't have to worry about it growing up, like myself as well. So I'm having that same battle and struggle and like trying to learn it on my own and like having to get to that point. So I just want to I want to be to level like what my parents did for me. And of course, every parent wants their kid to be better than them. And I'm like, oh, I got some pretty big shoes to fill with with my (laughs) parents. So and I, I, you know, I don't want them to help me get there. I want to be like, I did this myself just as they did what they did themselves. And I just want to be able to have my own, you know, impact and legacy on my family and not have to just take advantage of my own family's wealth. I don't really know if that's the right term I would want to use for in my case, but Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, when you kind of realize like how much debt can play into relationships or money owed and just money, money, money. Like obviously we have to have money to live, but it can be a tool too. You don't, it's not just to have fun and other things like you can use it to help other people. And that's really my goal is to have so much money. I don't know how with a nonprofit job, but, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but to be able to give and help and when families are in need that I don't have to necessarily think about it. I don't know. I just think that would be a pretty cool life. And yeah, there are people out there that, that have that, but to get there, you know, it'll all be a different story and yeah, I don't know how nonprofit it'll happen, but you know, I will make it happen somehow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So to get reach that goal, that bigger goal, you have to set a lot of smaller micro goals and these steps to get there, right? So uh, this is right before New Year's, but we were talking before that you can set goals in whenever time of year. Every day is a new start. You don't have to do it at New Year's and be a resolutioner. No hate to those who actually make resolutions to stick to them, but I, I make them and don't stick to them. So I, I prefer goals at other times of the year and just doing what uh, every day is a new start. So how did you transition from being less confident and less accountable to yourself to reach the point where you are now? Talk, talk to me about that transition and then tell me uh, if you can predict or what you, if, if you know what you'll have to do to reach 
your end dream goals. So it's like a two part, two parter. Yeah. I just think that knowing what you want to get out of life is the big first step. Cause if you don't necessarily know the type of lifestyle, like you would want to have, like it, you can't really fill in the parts in between. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess if I, I haven't actually goal set like this just yet, but just some things you can always think about in terms of, I guess, goal setting. And it doesn't have to also be like an actual like goal like that. It could also be like, I want to improve in my relationships. I want to improve in the household management. It could be some of these other areas that we don't necessarily talk about out loud, but it is important to think about, you know, maybe there is that one relationship you want to improve on or other business aspects, whether it's career or being an entrepreneur, what is that going to look like? (laughs) Cause those are, you know, those are two different types of things completely too, but being able to just think of that long-term goal will help you to set those short-term goals. So I guess for myself, I'll be setting more of like monthly and quarterly goals. Like this month, it'll be a goal to do this. But by, you know, the end of April or whatever your quarters are going to be, if you don't start on January 1st, you know, having something else that you want to have accomplished by then too. And then all these little steps eventually, I think, lead to your overall year of growth. And it's going to sound super weird, but there's nothing wrong to have like your own little meeting of your of your life. <laughs> so, you know, talk about that. I don't think we're ever taught something like that before. And yeah. just being around the people that were around, it is it is interesting to think that way because we do it for work. We do it for our job. Like, why are we not taking those same principles and applying it to our own personal life? Like, I just never thought about that. And I, I totally. one of the other areas that is great in terms of overall success is tracking, which some people don't know how to track and that's okay. <laughs> they, they're like, what do I even track? But tracking is like a huge thing that I, I do at work too. And like, why are we not tracking some of the things in our life? Like how beyond the, how many calories am I eating a day? And how long, how often am I at the gym? Like, those are probably like the easy tracking, but what about, I don't know, time you spend with family when you're not on your phone or time you're spending, I don't know, reading time tracking, you know, where you're spending your money, man. If you, if I, if you do what I do, Oh, you're like, Oh no, I couldn't have gone out that day or that day. <laughs> and it just makes you kind of realize some of the negative habits that you have rather than just like living life every day because then you don't know where those negative habits lie if you're not really kind of evaluating yourself every day or tracking kind of a little bit of what you're doing so it's gonna be different for everyone like the type of stuff you want to kind of focus on but I just think like tracking is a huge thing because you'll find your faults and your negatives and the things that oh okay I, I need to improve on you know this area or wow I go out like five times in a week like I need to stop eating out so much so mm-hmm. it just yeah it's pretty amazing what you can discover about yourself when you're um, kind of tracking as well as being accountable to your own goals 
And I think people need to like write it down and like put it up on a wall or something and not just like hang it in their head. Cause I think that's what we all do is like our, our, my new year's resolution is to go to the gym and like, yes, that is great. And, and, and then you, you know, you try to go from zero to a hundred and it's just really unrealistic that it's going to long-term going to work that way. So you got to do all those little baby steps first, you know, go to the gym, you know, once, twice a week, work your way up to the three, four, five, you know, six, seven eventually. But people tried, yeah, just, it's okay to take baby steps, y'all. You don't need to go from zero to a hundred overnight. Just prepare yourself, think it through know what you want to accomplish and the time frame that you want to accomplish it and, you know, write it down and put it somewhere you can see it every day. So you keep yourself accountable just as we do for work, just as we do for our jobs, for the yeah. people and organizations, we should be doing that type of stuff in our own life too. Totally. And uh, that's arguably more important to do it for yourself and to do it for your life. You're tracking comments about, how much time you spend doing different things is really cool because that helps you uncover and discover these habits that you're having and you don't even know that they're negative. Like at the time, and if you're just living each day and don't have an end goal or at least a path you want to explore, you're not perceiving those as negative. That's just things you're doing. But once you have that end goal and that dream in mind, then you, you assess and audit your time and your money. And you're like, oh, these are actually negative habits. These are actually negative actions taking away from my dream. I need to stop this. Just as an example too, like, oh, I don't have time to do something. Oh my gosh, people. Track <laughs> how often you are on your phone scrolling on social media. If you're someone like me that I'm unfortunately always on my phone, whether it's social media or checking emails, etc. But you'd be amazed how much time you have in your life when you stop, you know, trying to be on social media every single moment. And again, I'm still working on this. And also like how much you're in front of a screen, like TV screen, tablet screen, any type of screen, like, mm -hmm. you just don't really think about those type of things, because they're such a natural habit to you, that you just you're like, you just move on with life instead of like evaluating what do I do in my day how am I using these same 24 hours that we all have and that's why you got to have that really big why or else you're you're not going to want to change or make any habit alterations or anything like that that's why you need to know what you really want or else you're just gonna just continue living life as it is and that's totally okay too but for those that really want to move forward in life, you have to really be invested in that dream and in yourself, whatever it may be, a new you know, career change, moving up in your job, starting your own business. There's so many different ways to be successful. There's not you know, one way, but you just have to really, I think, evaluate all these things that we don't like to talk about because it's not very fun. But when you are very set in wanting to pursue something. It actually does. <laughs> I don't like doing my budgets every week, but it's the way that I keep myself accountable to trying to beat my debt and also put save money too. So it's all it's you got to have if you don't have a big why you're not going to be able to do anything. You're just going to be just live the same lifestyle that you have before.
Totally. If you've done what you've always did, you'll get what you always got. Yep. Yep. That's uh, that's inc- that's a great way to kind of, I think, put a bow on that conversation in terms of finding out a big why, or at least just, like, and if you don't know, because a few dreams have been killed, like me, I didn't make it to the NBA. That was my biggest <laughs> dream as a kid. Whoops, that didn't happen. I didn't become a professional League of Legends player. Whoops. Now I'm on my third, fourth, and fifth dreams. And that's okay. I'm still figuring that out. But And lately, I'm talking last few months. I'm not even talking like a year yet. Lately, I've been taking those daily actions to work towards discovering a new path. Just trying something. I still have plenty of time if I use it. I'm 25. Less social media time taking care of my sleep and my health and me first has let me be happier and more fulfilled and able to help more people. So I think it's just, I I can't like reiterate enough how much like truth you're spitting on the episode today. So I could just repeat everything you've said, but I'm going to kind of keep moving on there unless you have anything you want to wrap up for this section. No, not at all. Okay. Uh, that was good. That was great stuff. Now, moving on to the next segment is that one thing. If you're able to talk to everyone in the world all at once, whether video message, a text, an image, or a poster, what would you tell people and why? This could be a life truth. It could be something fun. It could be something silly. It could be a mantra. What's that one thing, Erica? Matt, the one thing would be how your daily habits will create the lifestyle that you dream or would like to have. So if you are wanting to, I don't know, become the, you know, the people that do the CrossFit life, (laughs) just because that's an easy one that has come to mind or the personal trainer, you know, people that go work out at or do those little shows like those people, you got you have to be so dedicated. And the reason why those people make it to being in such the shape that they are in is because they have made their life around that goal. So they, you know, really tracked their their, you know, calories. They were very aware of the type of food they are they're buying. They're aware of what they're putting into their bodies. They probably get enough sleep. They know that they need to work out every day or somehow find time to work out. Like the reason why those people are, you know, so successful in, I guess, that arena is because they've just, you know, every every day is an important day to that goal, whether, you know, their show is very soon or they just, you know, wanted to prepare for that crazy half marathon, tough mutter thing. I don't know. All those people are crazy in my mind. <laughs> That's not the lifestyle I would want, but they're, those people are just so dedicated and I just admire it so much because man, that's like athletes are the same way. Like they, they just have, they're the ones that are, they were probably the ones shooting hoops at 3 a.m. in the morning when everyone is asleep. Like those that are successful are using every single ounce of time and really focusing on those little habits every single day to be able to get to where they are. So really, you know, habits are important to think about in terms of your, you know, daily and weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, multi-year success, I guess. No doubt. 
no doubt about that. That is awesome. This is like that is really relevant because it is recording this right before New Year's. It'll come out a little bit after. If it's late February or early January or whenever this this podcast comes out, you can take this as a blessing disguise to reset if you're off track of your goals and your resolutions already and start taking daily actions to change your life uh, week over week, month over month, and even a decade from now. What you do today affects all that. So totally with you on that, Erica. Daily actions change your life. What? Where can people find you? What do you want to plug? What do you, you want to send people to for this episode? Oh, well, I, I don't really have any like, you know, inspirational page or websites, but I have, I guess, Instagram and Twitter, which is hi underscore Erica, E-R-I-C-A Brown, like the color, B-R-O-W-N. And I don't know. I'm always down to meet people in person, really. <laughs> I think conversations are much more fun in person than they are over social media. So if you're in Sacramento and you're a nice person and you want to meet other cool people, I'm always down. Temple's my favorite place. Shout out to Temple Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Temple Coffee, that's where we met up one time. Um, We reconnected after a few years. So Erica's an awesome person. Go follow her, go talk to her, meet up with her. Erica, thanks so much for your time today. It was a pleasure having you on. And anyone listening to this, uh, let us know what you thought about the episode and we'll catch you on the next one.